Welcome everyone to the October edition of JMC Live. I am your host Jeremy Caverly. It was coming to you straight here from Columbus, Ohio. We are having some weird difficulties again for this month. Um, I started working on this at six o'clock to get everything connected, and literally. 15 minutes before going live, everything crashed, the program closed. Five minutes before going live, it crashed again, and then it didn't want to go live, so we're actually five minutes late starting, but there's no problem with that. Um, I just want you to know that we're grateful for everything that's happening. Uh, something installed that I had to uninstall literally five minutes before the program began. And it's actually sitting there waiting for another reboot, but it's out of the way. It was what was blocking me from connecting on YouTube and Facebook. It was blocking a pop-up from allowing me to connect Wirecast to YouTube and connect Wirecast to Facebook. Either or, nothing would work. So I wasn't able to get anything to come up. But today, um, we have a couple of wonderful pieces of music that we want to share with you today. And that's going to be our next theme of what we'll do. And then after that, um, I want to say thanks for, to Grandma for coming. Uh, Deb Fennin is here for those that are on Facebook. Uh, you may see her actually in the chat over there. And there's a, a couple other people that are on um, YouTube, it looks like. But no one's commented yet. So there's a few people in different places. But without further ado, we're going to play our music. Uh, one song from me, one song from Miranda, and these are going to be available. I think we've already got them posted as free downloads, so stay tuned and be God bless.
So that was Jesus Lover of My Soul, and that was You Said, the new Bluegrass edition. Those are available for free download on our Reverb Nation sites. You can get those MP3s downloaded. If you're needing uh, CDs, please, please let us know. We can get those uh, made for you and taken care of for you if that's what you're looking for. Um, but if, if that's what you're needing, just let us know, and we can take care of that, and we can move that in the way that you need, and everything should be fine for you. Um, I think at this point, what we're going to talk about now is the ditch digger. And if you notice, Miranda was originally going to have this conversation with you tonight. And for those that were at the last conference for the Glo the Global Revival Conference that just happened at the, at the beginning of October, I actually spoke and did my version of this message and the message I'm sharing tonight is not the one that I shared this is the one that uh, Miranda wants to share with you now and I'm sharing it for her because she's not available right now to get that message out to you so without further ado what Miranda wrote and I have it written out here is actually a front and back uh, Copy, and if you notice the, because we were discussing this um, while having a conversation with me, Miranda, and her grandmother, we were talking about well, what should I talk about. She says, "Well, Miranda was discussing about making this October a event about the ditch digger, and here I'm discussing about you know the ditch digger and what needs to be done and how everything happens. That's what I did at the beginning of the month. So with what Miranda's sharing here, and what we're going to look at tonight." Um, is about being a ditch digger and what does a ditch digger actually look like what does this really mean in the life of somebody how does that translate into being a Christ follower today and what does that mean when you say I want to be a ditch digger for Jesus well the first thing you have to think about and the first question you have to ask is what does it look like well, before you can plant seeds and before you can lay a foundation, you must dig the ditch. You have to put in the work. Somebody has to physically grab some kind of tool or maybe you're doing it with your own bare hands, which some people have done before. But if it's a hardened soil and rock, you're going to have to have some kind of dull or sharpened tool. To be able to break the ground or break the dirt and soil and everything that's placed in front of you. So there are different kinds of people. And at different points in your life you have different things that happen. So there are planters of seeds and there are those who tend to seeds to make sure there's water and things are taken care of. You know, pulling out weeds and whatnot. And then there are those that harvest crops. But unless someone first digs the soil and dig, tends to the soil and digs the ditches to plant seeds, other jobs are worthless. So I'm going to pause with this message. And we're going to go to Mark chapter 4 for the parable of the sower. And starting at the beginning of chapter 4 of Mark, it says, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large he got into a boat and it set it out in the lake 
While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, Listen, farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Now think about this for a minute. Taking care of the soil and moving to the way things are going. What happens? God speaks and he says in verse 9, Whoever has an ear, let him hear. Then verse 10, When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But those on the outside, everything is said in parables. So that, verse 12, That they may be ever seeing, but, ever, but never perceiving. And ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they may not turn and be forgiven. And Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Verse 14, The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of this wealth, and the desires for things to come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, produce a crop, some 30, 60, some a hundred times was sown. Now you have to ask the question at this point. At times, what is God doing here? He does different things to share the gospel and the love of Christ. And sometimes we're called to be the ditch digger. A lowly, nameless, faceless person who many may not see, but, but they receive a blessing from the work and that is the ditch digger. Now, I have to share with you some more here. Take a look at this image. This second image is of the foundation for diggers for the Jewish synagogue in Tel Aviv in 1922. This image goes along with our next Bible verses. I need you to turn to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 3. We read in the Old Testament how Solomon built the temple, but we know Solomon on his own did not build that temple. To begin to build the temple first, the ground had to be prepared, and people and lots of them had to dig the foundation for the stones to sit on. There were not been a temple without ditch diggers, yet we do not know the names of the people and how many people it took to build the temple. We only know that Solomon 
commanded to have it built. Now let us read 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. Solomon builds the temple. Verse 1. Then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David. It was on the threshing floor of Anarah, the Jebusite, the place provided by David. He began building on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. The foundation Solomon laid for building the temple of God was only 60 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, using the cubit of the old standard. The portico at the front of the temple was 20 cubits long, across the width of the building and 20 cubits high. He laid the inside with pure gold. He paneled the main hall with juniper and covered it with fine gold and decorated it with palm tree and chain designs. He adorned the temple with precious stones and the gold he used was gold of paravim. He overlaid the ceiling beams, door frames, walls, and doors of the temple with gold and he carved cherubim along the walls. Yet again... We do not know the names of the people who helped build the temple. We only know that Solomon built it. And today, present day, what happens in present day? What are we doing today? We have ditch diggers. Some of them are men you see with you know their hats on the sides of the road or they're in a big machine digging ditches. Or maybe you're looking at ditch diggers that are actually working for the Lord. Maybe, maybe there's someone possibly that is a janitor. Maybe they're in maintenance. Maybe they're in housekeeping. Maybe they're an usher. A customer service representative. A tech support agent. A cashier. These are the people that pray for others. As I said, maintenance workers, household cleaners, the friend, the sound people, lawn care people who help. Or maybe they're alone and the church is running and looking great when we come into worship. And then there are those who prepare the food for the church dinners. You don't see them working, but you enjoy the blessings from their labors. They are the ditch diggers of the 21st century. So now let us look at the last verses of ditch digging. So this image here that you see with the foundational wall of concrete and the three shovels and the dirt. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 20. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 20. That's 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 20. Verse 9, so the king of Israel went to the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout for seven days. There was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. 
But Jehoshaphat said, There is no prophet of the Lord here, that we may inquire of the Lord by him. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered, said, Elisha, the son of Saphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Verse 12. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is on him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. 13. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the word the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But now bring me a musician. And then it happened. The musician played, and the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus say the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus said the Lord, You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water, that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabs into your hand. You shall attack every fortified city in every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Verse 20. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly the water came. Suddenly the water came by the way of Edom and the land was filled with water. There are many times in our lives where your primary function, what, what might have you out in, in, in the, you know, the courtyard, might have you out in the marketplace, might have you out on media, might have you out in front of your family, your friends, and so on and forth, everyone else in between. There are moments, seasons in your life where you're not always the main person. We're all going to have a moment of illness or we're going to, at some point, some of us will get gray hair and become elderly and age past 50. But we all have something that we have is, a, is our very own ditch digger moment. Whether it's you taking up the trash. Now, anyone who gets involved with church, there's always that opportunity to serve. Are you willing to be an usher? Are you willing to work in the sound department? Are you willing to help fold papers for things that need to be mailed out? Are you willing to help do a car wash for youth? Are you willing to um, do a bake sale or something else? Writing messages on social media. Or as what a lot of churches need right now. They say the beginning of their broadcast and all throughout their broadcast. Please share this broadcast. It might save a life. Or maybe you have a job, as we have said, that you are the maintenance worker. You are the groundskeeper. You are the trash collector. You are the workplace services person. You are the maintenance. You're the mechanic. You're the cashier. You're the tech support. Is your job considered essential? 
many of these essential jobs would be considered ditch digger jobs. Jobs that many people may not want and desire. And depending on your culture and where you're listening to this broadcast all over the world, you may not have a culture that looks at these positions as royalty, as what you would want to go to a school or a college and say, well, I've spent all this time and this education and turn around and say, this is what I want to be for the rest of my life. But those roles are important. And without those foundations built, without that work putting forth, without people coming in and making the work, and you may not see them working on the forefront. You may not ever know who their names are. Their names don't scroll at the end of a movie. Many, many of you see that, you know, the older movies, the 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 um the the title and and the the, the credits roll at the beginning. Here in current day 2020 society, that's at the end of the movie. Well, each of our lives is like a movie. And at the end of the movie, everything that we do isn't listed in the credits for everybody to see. There's many verses all out throughout the Bible talking about praying in secret and giving in secret and doing in secret. People don't always know what happens. And on a broadcast that we recently was participating in, we had people talk about how they were donating and there were a lot of donors uh, donating to this ministry, but they were anonymous. They didn't want no one to know who they were. And some of them were a dollar, some of them were a thousand dollars and so on and so forth. Not everything we do has to be placed before the public eye. And that one word, servanthood, having a servant's heart, Having a mind of what Christ wants to do for you. And how people want to function. And how they want to understand. I think that we miss the opportunities. We miss what God is saying sometimes. And while, like, in the instance of this, you know, I, I already covered a version of this during the conference at the beginning of the month. Miranda's version is very similar. You may have heard a version of this from Ron Luce, but he didn't use ditch digging. You can search on Google and find several other people discussing this same topic. But I have to ask you right now, in today's chaotic moment, where there's so many problems in this world. What is it that you need to better? How is it? Are you willing to till the soil in your life? Or maybe this isn't about your life. Not directly. God's tugging at your heart. To teal into the soil of someone else's life. Because something is happening. A foundation is built. Moments come. But a twinkling of the eye. 
And if you don't understand, have you talked to someone that's older than you recently and listened to their stories about where they came from? Many of them that know that their time is short want to urgently share with you and say, I worry about your future. I provided these things for you so that you would have a better life. And as other broadcasts are going on right now where they discuss about passing the torch to the new generation, who's going to pass the shovel to the next generation? Everybody wants to talk about, well, you know, we need to build up the next leaders for America, for the church. Some of the biggest and strongest leaders that ever exist are those that never stand in front of a mic and preach. You never hear them pray. And they build foundations and have meetings in secret with different people and build them up. There are things going on behind the scenes you may never know about. But it's completely affecting everybody's life across the globe. And I say that right now because there's meetings going on right now involving different nations. Involving what the future will happen as more countries move their embassies to Jerusalem before the end of the year and next. More countries building relationships one bridge at a time. Businesses changing what they're doing. As many people are now working from home and have been told they're permanently working from home and will not come back to the office except for maybe training in the future. Now I look at this first image again and my grandmother grew up in a farm and she wrote several stories. One of them I read in the 8th grade about her going out at 4 o'clock in the morning out in the field and picking the best ripened watermelon by thumping it. And she was listening for a particular sound that was just the right sound by thumping it. And in this story, she said she picked this watermelon up over her head which about made her fall down. And in the process of falling down, she throws it between her legs and sits down on the ground and eats it out in the field and then she gets in trouble later but if it wasn't for people that were farmers and workers that create the items like that's the other thing maybe you're creating the tools for others to succeed and ideas are coming about There's two kinds of people in our current season right now. Those that are afraid. Those that are used to doing things the way they used to. And then there's a third kind of person who sees an opportunity to carpe diem to seize the day and create something in the midst of all this chaos that causes beauty.
for those that have known the story about how calculus was created, and I know many of you have probably have never done mathematical calculus, but the theory of calculus was created during a plague. So if calculus in the past could be created during that season, imagine what happens in the future. Imagine what God has in store for us. So I leave you with this, and we'll say it again. There are many people that prepare different things. They prepare food. And my family and, and my grandmother's side and Miranda's grandmother's side, they both made noodles and chicken noodle soup and uh, goulash and all sorts of kind of dishes. But the one thing that they would do at different times of the year is they would make noodles. And different family members would get the noodles. My uncle, Gary, uh, he would get up three days before Thanksgiving and make handmade stuffing. And he would prepare um, different kinds of side dishes along with a cranberry glaze and how long it took him to prepare the, the turkey. It was a three-day event, 12 to 12 plus hour days, working on different things, getting stuff ready. And then multiple family members would enjoy this. And he had a large family that could enjoy this when they were all able to get together. But if it wasn't for someone to put in that work, what would... What would be? How would it be? The harvest is here. The harvest will always be here. Someone will always be ready to hear the gospel and say, yes, I believe in Jesus. But somebody has to put in the work to get to those people. And the one thing that has happened through this whole pandemic is the amount of churches that are able to go live has multifold we're talking more than tenfold multifold everybody has an opportunity to hear the gospel the amount of people now that are on the internet is increasing and it looks like with some of the new rules coming about there will be even more people having better access to better internet not only in America but across the globe but none of this happens without you stepping out first Stepping out on faith that you will do what God has called you to be and how he wants you to be and where he wants you to go. Can you say, I want to be a ditch digger for Jesus? Can you till the soil to plant the seeds? Can you water the seeds? Can you prune the plant as it grows? Can you take off the fruit and clean the fruit? And prepare the fruit and have conversations for those to be able to eat the fruit. Maybe you sell the fruit, tear up the fruit, mash it up with some other things, and make a salad or some kind of dessert. It's the same with our lives and the different things and the different ways you share the gospel of Christ to be a blessing for the work that you put in. So are you going to be the sower of the seed? Are you going to be the one that lays the foundation? Are you going to have faith in knowing 
when God gives you a message of what to do and how to save a people or how to work with the people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you now. We just ask you to help us understand the sower of the seed. To understand the foundation of a seed. And to understand that when we're told to dig in the right place, it might bring water to the people in our lives. As our seasons change, as who we are and what we're about changes. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, we need you in our lives right now. To help us understand where you want us to be. How you want us to get there. And we are grateful for those in the past. That were the original found, founding fathers of our nation. The original foundation of the New and Old Testament. And those that have carried on the generations and traditions. And culture. From generation to generation. Lord let us not forget where we have come from. Let us not forget who we are. In Christ. Let us not forget what you want us to do. And where you want us to go next. Because without you. We are nothing. Without being your hands and feet, we can't reach more people. By the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, amen and amen. Let us be a blessing and a light to other people today. Let us be able to take that mantle up of servanthood and humility and say, I want to be a ditch digger for Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for coming. And we'll see you soon.